It's 15 minutes now before 8 p.m. and uh, you tuned in to uh, uh, Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our wrap of the top business stories and I'm joined on the line by Zwela Kim Guni, who's the Chief Investment Officer and Co-Founder at Benguela Global Fund Managers. Kwabe, good evening to you, my brother. How are you? Good evening, Aya. Good evening to your listeners. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. Kwabe, let's maybe start off here in the retail sector. I want us to uh, take a look at uh, uh, some of the... Um, I guess, announcements that came through from the Fashini Group today and uh, maybe giving us a glimpse into the trading and, and operating environment in the world of retail. What do you make of, uh, I guess, their showing here? Um, this on the back, of course, revenue up 3.6% to 38.5 billion rand. And uh, this for all of their operations, uh, not only just here in South Africa and also uh, seeing some uh, strong expense, uh, trading expense margins, they're improving for, to 44.8% uh, from just over 45%. Yeah, look, uh, I think the numbers uh, look uh, reasonable and decent uh, given the, the environment. Uh, and I think as we know that their operations in the UK have been under quite a lot of pressure. But I think what saved the day here was the online uh, business that has continued to grow strongly both in Africa and uh, in Australia. So mm. those two uh, regions saw so online growth of uh, uh, 48 and 31% respectively. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, what do you make, I guess, of um, some of the context-specific issues? We know the set of numbers um, is for the end or the financial year ending end of March uh, and probably takes into account maybe a week or, or a few days of the lockdown. But uh, when you look at some of these numbers and you maybe compare them uh, to, say, the first two quarters of the new financial year, um, which, which key areas do you think would be materially and fundamentally different? Look, I, I think Africa would be hit hard in terms of, uh, uh, I mean, uh, I think across the board, the regions would be hit hard, but I think Africa would be hit hardest because uh, it is where the, the government didn't give material amounts of uh, uh, COVID-19-related uh, grants. So, so I mean, uh, if you could compare this to our situation here in South Africa, it's about, I think, it was 350 rands. I think if you go look at the uh, places like the U.S. and Australia, they they provided I think uh, something north of uh, five thousand rand. So so I definitely think that um, the impact is not only going to come from the lockdown, but it's also going to be a result of the spending power that is that is not supported by by the government. So uh, I definitely think that they will see a weaker. Uh, first, uh, and, uh, half uh, after after March. Mm, mm, mm. And uh, let's maybe, I guess, shift our attention just slightly away from, from the retail sector for a second here. Amazon is set to add 3,000 jobs in South Africa and I guess this part of uh, expanding their footprint in the world of data, cloud services and everything else uh, here in the South African uh, economy and uh, maybe beyond South Africa into the continent. I think uh, I am... Perhaps one one thing to highlight before we move on to Amazon is that if you look at uh, Fushini, I mean they announced the rise issue of yes, yes. Uh, despite the fact that they they said the free cash flows were strong at uh, two billion, and I think that tells you how bad things are, or at least what they are seeing without telling us. Mm. Uh, and it also raises questions about. Uh, was it all worth it uh, for these companies to go overseas and look for mm. uh, opportunities? So, 
Uh, very interesting on that front. And, and yeah. moving on to Amazon. And maybe, no, no, j- just a quick one there uh, as well. Like, I mean, j- just on that rights issue, uh, you know, they, they certainly aren't the only ones in the sector. We saw Mr. Price uh, also doing something similar. And uh, there's also a book build from Transaction Capital uh, that we, we heard of. So, so it seems a, a lot of people in the marketplace seem to be, I guess, bolstering their kitty here in anticipation for some tough times. What do you guys make of that? Look, uh, I, I think uh, the, the, the companies are actually taking advantage of uh, shareholders' uh, desperation for, for returns. Mm. And I think they, they, I mean, if I was in their position, I'd do the same. But I certainly think that uh, investors need to be very cautious about what could be the returns on that capital that's been taken now, because some of it is going to go plug the bad decisions that were made in the past. And, and, and that's an example, or, or that's the reason why I'm talking about was it all worth it to go to all these uh, foreign markets? We saw Sasol uh, talking similar talk. So uh, the, the, the sector is not alone, but I think uh, there's a whole lot of uh, uh, kitchen sinking, the, the bad decisions that were made mm. in the past. Uh, under the COVID-19 capital. And I think we, we, we have to be very cautious who we give money to. Hmm. Tough times ahead. And uh, I guess uh, that's not going to make any of your work as well, like uh, from a capital allocation perspective, any easier. Uh, we'll certainly watch that closely. Let's go to Amazon now. Uh, what do you make of this and I guess the expansion uh, into the South African economy and uh, of course, by extension, I guess also into the continent? Yeah, I, I think Amazon has been very smart in terms of uh, what they've been doing uh, in broadening their uh, exposure into different regions. So they've perfected their online uh, model or online retailing model uh, in the U.S. and now they're replicating that model across different regions, and and I think with great success. And the main reason why Amazon has been and will be successful is the lethargy within the uh, incumbent. So oftentimes the existing companies or the industry leaders tend to be slow uh, in uh, implementing changes or ad- adapting to, to the new environment where people want to go online. And the same thing happened in the motor industry, for example, where uh, Tesla took market share from the likes of Ford. They only reacted after. So the, the tendency for the incumbents to react uh, after the fact, instead of uh, being innovative. I think that gives Amazon quite a great uh, opportunity, especially in emerging markets like ours. Mm-hmm. And, and and let's talk about some of these functions. I mean, these are anything from permanent to seasonal jobs, um, uh, from customer-facing f- functions right through to uh, some of the more technical uh, work. And uh, I guess uh, without raising the expectations of, of many, uh, what do you make of, I guess, where some of these jobs are going to be located on the back of where Amazon might have some of its operations and some of its data centers? Look, I definitely think that it is um, it is positive that there are jobs that are coming to South Africa. I think at this stage we have we will take any job, mm. but also uh, I think I think the the Amazon the, the cloud services business is actually uh, going to support the smaller businesses that can then uh, hopefully uh, expand their online uh, capabilities. And I think I think I think it definitely is a good job, a good investment. The question is, would those um, lead to 
better skills that South Africa doesn't have. Probably in the beginning not, but long term, I think that there'll be opportunities to expand our, uh, our uh, human skills base uh, from from investments like these. And and let's maybe I guess uh, while we talk about some of those investments and sort of. Um, as people say, breaking new ground. Uh, we heard out of Nigeria, APSA, uh, saying that uh, you know they arranged and assisted in uh, what, in essence, is going to be the largest bond issue in uh, Nigerian capital markets. Here, four point four billion rand of uh, uh, a bond issue here from Dangote Cement. Um, what do you make of this? And maybe for some of our listeners as well, like who might not be familiar with who Dangote is, uh, let's maybe start off there. Yeah, I mean Dangote is one of the biggest, if not the biggest uh, 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 group uh, in Africa where it holds uh, investment or at least operations in uh, multiple industries, uh, be it sugar, be it uh, cement. uh, uh, So so it originates in Nigeria, but it's been expanding across the continent, uh, and and I think uh, they've had a great uh, success in 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 building a African champion through uh, multiple industrial businesses. And then, um, I mean, when we see a bond issue like this, uh, uh, as well, like I guess there, there are big questions here. Africa's most populous uh, uh, nation and Dangote are having interests across the continent. Um, I mean, would people see this as a, a sign of confidence in, I guess, the ability of the built environment to be critical to the response of the continent uh, and by extension, I guess, demand for the cement that uh, Dangote produces? I mean, is this uh, on the back of some sentiment that things are going to turn around and that there will be a favorable trading and operating environment uh, for some of the uh, production of the Dangote group? Look, I'd probably say not yet mm. uh, overly on the uh, change sentiment. I, I think it's more the investors' appetite for risk that is changing in a sense that um, the governments in the developed world uh, have basically put uh, a guarantee on the bonds uh, and the bonds were bid hard. So the yields are very low in the developed world and people are looking for opportunities to to get yield and if you look at this bond issuance i mean it came at a coupon of uh 12.5 percent and and if you compare that to the u.s bonds that is giving you one percent i mean you probably uh want to hedge currency and and take advantage of it so i'd be cautious about the the motivation why people have oversubscribed to this uh, issuance i think it's more of the looking of opportunities but i definitely think that long term there is no other way but to actually look for opportunities in emerging markets so i think sentiment will change naturally towards africa and many other emerging markets Mm -hmm. and then uh, from a debt perspective i mean we often see uh, i guess people going to the debt uh, and capital markets to i guess refinance some of the other uh, existing debt on their balance sheet is it the same here yeah, I mean, I mean, Dambodia has been uh, actually in an expansion mode, and I think that they did take uh, quite a bit of debt uh, on, on on their balance sheet. And uh, I, I think that part of the capital is going to go into funding the the, the rip or rolling over debt, but also uh, to continue funding the, the expansion programs. So I, I, I do think that uh, it's also uh, out of caution that they're looking at this 
thinking that what if the capital market goes dry and uh, we we still have uh, some debt on the balance sheet. So uh, I I think a lot of companies are doing that out of caution, to to be quite honest. Mm, mm. Transnet, uh, I guess they've been in the news for for reasons both good or bad in the last uh, 18 months to about two to three years or so. Uh, And it seems that uh, the turnaround being implemented by the management team, they're headed by Porsche Derby uh, and some in the board, has now, I guess, gotten to a point where they're expecting many uh, of the officials within the SOE to undertake lifestyle audits as a way to rebuild trust and maybe, I guess, as a confidence-building measure to the markets. Yeah, this is actually quite fantastic. I think uh, uh, from uh, a citizen's perspective, uh, I, th- I think that this is uh, one of the benefits of uh, uh, resetting the governance standards within the, the state-owned uh, enterprises. And I, I definitely think that the lifestyle audit uh, would probably help uh, quite a great deal in identifying areas of risk. Where I'm not sure is the legal status of those uh, uh, lifestyle audits uh, from a constitution point of view and from a labor law perspective uh would could people challenge these lifestyle audits uh, uh but i guess if it is part of a contract of employment uh, from inception i don't think that could be a problem mm, mm. and i guess maybe operationally that's the other question uh, an entity like transnet heavily reliant on uh, I guess the sort of freight and logistics for key sectors of the economy, notably the mining sector, and uh, uh, also using that port infrastructure as a, I guess, as a way to generate some revenue. They would have been heavily hit by COVID-19, but also, I guess, in the context of the recovery, a lot of attention being paid to the cost of the rail and the port services that Transnet offers. Uh, what implications does all of that have for uh, this entity and their operating environment uh, into the short, right through to medium term? Look, one thing I can say is that if Transnet gets its act uh, together, a lot of freight companies are going to go out of business because uh, not only is rail freight uh, uh, more competitive uh, relative to things like trucks and uh, other other forms of transport, uh, I, I think uh, if they get it right and uh, resetting the, the cost, I, I think it will make a huge difference in terms of uh, even our economy's ability mm. to compete and and basically supply product uh, to other countries. So I definitely think it's a it's a good thing, but they, they they still have quite a lot of work to do to get the cost reset as well. I think the governance reset seems to be going quite well. Mm. We need to see the cost reset uh, going in the same direction. Yeah, yeah. So like always a pleasure, my brother, catching up with you, and I really appreciate you taking time out to speak to us. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. That there was Kwabe Zwelake Mguni, who is the founder at uh, Benguela Global Fund Managers, speaking to us this evening and making sense of uh, some of the key moves in the marketplace uh, over the last day or so. I did say that uh, just after half past eight, we're going to be catching up with Tandi Swamazwai. King Ta is going to be joining us uh, to uh, talk about the moment, I guess.